Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and I'm really pleased that you have chosen to take this time to be with me today as we explore further uh, discipleship. Now before we get into today's episode, and I'll give you the title for today's episode, I just want to tell you about this. Lent is coming and it's coming super fast. Uh, and we published a book this year, Apprentice to Jesus, 40 Days of Walking in the Way. And the book really is designed to walk an individual through the life of Jesus. You know, Jesus is our blueprint. It's Jesus that we want to be like. Uh, and those 40 days helps us walk through the life of Jesus, what Jesus said, he did, how to behave as, as a disciple, how to act, how to think, how to reflect, and all of that kind of stuff. It kind of coaches you as a book through your discipleship over those 40 days. Now, to make it super uh, exciting, different, a little bit more interesting, what I'm going to do is this. The Monday nights of Lent, I'm going to host an apprenticeship and discipleship school. And I'd love you to sign up to be with me the four Monday nights of Lent. It's going to be 7.45 uh, through till nine o'clock. So it's going to be an hour and a quarter. And in that time, we're going to look at different aspects of what it means to be a disciple. So this is going to start on February the 22nd. And it's going to run through then for the following four weeks. We're going to look at topics uh, that I hope will be interesting. You know, how to restart your discipleship journey. How to reignite your fire for your faith. Uh, getting over the hurdles of failure. How to not keep going back over old ground, essentially. Uh, we're going to look at uh, how do we become confident in our faith and, and topics like that. The way it's going to work is I'm going to give a 25-minute, 20 20-minute, 20 Something like that talk, thought, reflection, uh, maybe bringing in a couple of friends to help us on that uh, reflection as well. We're going to have some time kind of discussing those topics together. How have we done this week on our discipleship? And we're going to have a bit of a Q&A. And this is the cool thing. Uh, we want to kind of make making disciples accessible. We want you to be able to ask questions. How's it going? What differences would we suggest? That kind of stuff. So we'd love you to sign up and be a part of that discipleship school. The place to do that is at Eventbrite. Uh, the link to that is in the chat of this podcast episode. You could sign up on your own or you could sign up as your small group. If you're a part of a small group, you could join us as a part of your small group and make this a part of Lent for you. It could be that you as a church decide, hey, we're going to do this as a church, uh, and we're going to reflect on these things together. So please let your friends know about this. Let your small groups know about it. The only, it's free. The only thing is they're going to need a copy of making, uh, of Apprentice to Jesus. They're going to need a copy of that book uh, for it really to work for them. So the link is in the chat. Love you to uh, sign up and be a part of that. Now, today's episode continues where we were last week on Catching Your Breath. Last week, we were talking about God's grace is sufficient for us. And today, we're going to continue this. This is Catching Your Breath Part 2. And the title of it is this, City People Learning the Wilderness Life. How do we catch our breath? Uh, and we're going to talk about Psalm 118 that coaches us through how to catch our breath or more importantly where to catch our breath so friends i hope you find this episode interesting here we go jumping in with city people learning the wilderness life
So here we go. Now, just to warn you as we jump into this episode, if you hear shouting and banging, that's because, as per previous lockdowns, the kids are at home, which means they're in the background doing all of their normal things. Um, so if you hear banging, that's because my son's bedroom is right above me. And he's probably playing Fortnite right now. And if he's banging, that means he's losing. Generally, that's that's how it works. So here we go. City people learning the wilderness life. I don't know about you, but I feel right now that life feels like a bumper car ride. If you've ever watched somebody in a bumper car ride, or you've been in a bumper car, the bumper car just flings you around at angles. Like one minute you're going in one direction, the next minute you're going in the next direction. And you're just kind of all over the place. I feel like we're all over the place right now. And that that living with this one week we're doing this, next week we're doing that, then we're over here, then we can't do this, no, we can do that. That way of life, living like that, is living daily with the anxiety of change permanently. We are permanently living with this anxiety of things could change at any moment. And living like that, it's like living in the red all the time. We can live with certain levels of stress, but after a little while, those stress levels push us to the point where we can't carry on. We burn out. And it's interesting, a number of friends of mine have been saying, do you know what? I got through the first lockdown and the second lockdown was annoying, but actually now I'm, I'm at breaking point. I'm not coping like I did at all. And I didn't particularly cope very well at that point, but now I'm really not coping. That's because we have been living with this level of anxiety and this level of pressure and the unknown and the change of we're in lockdown, we're not in lockdown. That that kind of process is leaving us living in the red and we are we are burning out emotionally. Um, so I think the topic that we're looking at today is really, really important and significant. And I want to look at three things. And it's almost like three chapters of this podcast Chapter one is called Caves, chapter two is called Shoes, and chapter three is called Spacious Places. And we're going to look at Psalm 118. Beautiful psalm. Why is it important to us? Psalm 118, uh, David is on the run. He's living with a high level of anxiety and stress. The king is hunting him down. The king wants him dead. And, and David is running into a place called the Engedi, uh, and it's just on the outskirts of the wilderness, and he's hiding away from the king because he doesn't want the king to catch him. So David is living with this high level of stress and anxiety. Uh, the, the people that are against him are coming to hunt him down, and he writes this beautiful psalm about where he is finding God's presence, or at least how God is at work in his life. And I'm going to look at uh, three sections. I'm going to look at verses 1 to 4, then we're going to look at verses 32 to 33, and then we're going to look at verse 19. So let me read this to you. This is Psalm 118, verses 1 to 4. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield the horn of my salvation and my stronghold. The language that we have here is beautiful. It's, you know, my rock, my fortress, my refuge. In other words, my protection, my rock and my fortress. A little uh, interesting one that he says, the horn of my salvation. What does it mean that God is the horn of my salvation? Uh, just get yourself into this um 
the mindset of, of, of David, who has horns. Uh, wild animals have horns. Why, what do like, horns do? Horns are there to def- these wild animals to defend themselves from predators using their horns. So if you were uh, a goat with horns and a predator came, your horns were there for you to defend yourself uh, against that predator. So the horn of my salvation is this idea that, that God is the one that defends and protects. God is the one with the horns and he is the one that's going to protect those that don't have the ability to protect themselves. It's a beautiful little phrase. And, you know, horns in the Old Testament are all about worship and protection. So when God is the horn of our protection, God is the horn of our salvation, he is the one that is defending those that are unable to defend themselves. What's just a little cool little thing about that as well is the altar in Jerusalem and horns hanging on the four corners of it uh, as a reminder that God is the one that protects. So let's just look at this a little bit more. So let's talk about caves. I love you, my Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. God is my rock in whom I take refuge. God is my stronghold. I want you to picture here you could Google this if you wanted. If you wanted to get, just Google now, the caves of Engedi. What you would see are photographs of these wonderful mountain ranges, this gold and orange colour. And in them were these caves. So I want you to imagine that 20 metres up, uh, there's a sheer drop. But the 20 metres up, there's a hole in the rock. And in that rock is a cave. And in that cave, David would hide. And these caves were super difficult to get into. Um, the, you could also Google the, the, the caves of Qumran, where years ago they found some old scrolls of the Old Testament. These caves are all over um, the uh, kind of the wilderness area uh, that we find in the Old Testament, uh, the Judean desert. And these caves you could hide in. And when there was a storm going, there was rain going, a storm going, uh, you could hide in them and you would be protected. So if you were on the run, uh, you would go and find these caves and hide in them because there were so many of these caves up in the rock faces. They were hard to get into and they were hard to find people in them. So often robbers and, and people on the run would go and hide in them. David has gone and hid himself in the rocks. And, and, and therefore he's a liking God the rocks. God is the safe rock. Uh, This rock is not going to fall down. It's not going to disappear. And in these rocks is this safe place because people couldn't find you in them because it was so difficult to get into them. So the image that David is using here is the caves of Engedi. These caves were high up in the rock faces and they were a safe place to be found where you could not be found. So David is liking God Uh, to a place that he can hide in, a hiding place, a place of safety. So firstly, if you want to catch your breath, if you are in this spiritual journey, you are exhausted and you need to catch your breath, the place to do it is to go and hide in the safe place, the hiding place. So I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge the horn of my salvation and my stronghold. God is the safe place to hide in and find your breath. Okay, so this is the first thing that David is saying. Find a safe place with God 
climb in it and stay there. Stay wherever is a safe place with God. Where is that? Well, for some of us, that safe place is an armchair in our home. Sometimes that safe place is being in bed, praying in bed. You know, I've got friends who love just put the quilt over their heads and in that place of hiding, uh, they just pray to God, invite God's presence. Anywhere where God's presence is, is a place to hide. And we'll come back to that um, in a moment when we talk about spacious places. Then I just want to read this to you. This is uh, verses uh, 32 to 33. If you want to think about finding a place to breathe, uh, a place to hide, this, I find this really interesting. So David says this, It's God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and he causes me to stand on the heights. Let me ask you this question. What is your favourite footwear? What is your favourite footwear? Now, I have a friend who listens to the podcast. His name is Pete. I won't give his last name, but now I've mentioned you, Pete. You know it's you I'm talking to. Pete wears ridiculous footwear. Uh, it wasn't so long ago that Pete and I did a long walk together. I wore walking boots. In my memory, Pete wore flip-flops. Pete never seems to wear the appropriate footwear. He would often turn up to church wearing flip-flops in winter. Um, what is your favourite footwear? Now, your favourite footwear surely has to be determined by the task that you are doing. If you are walking in the wilderness, then you want walking boots. If you're walking on a beach then you want your flip-flops. If you're walking in a nightclub, then you might want high heel shoes, if that's your choice of footwear. If you're going to a gig and you're standing around for a long time, you, you might want something super comfortable. Like Your footwear is determined by the environment that you are in, in other words. So what is your favourite footwear? Your favourite footwear is what is appropriate for the environment that you are in. You don't wear flip-flops in the snow, Pete. I hope you're listening to me. So your footwear is determined by your environment. Let me read this to you. A couple of verses from Habakkuk 3.19. The Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on high heights. Hmm, that sounds very similar to what David has just said here. Let me read this to you. This is 2 Samuel 22.33-34. It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. It causes me to stand on the heights. Hang on, Habakkuk, Samuel, David, all saying the same thing. Probably because they're actually quoting from somewhere else. But, God makes my feet like the feet of a deer, so I may stand on high places. Let's ask ourselves a question for a moment. What is it about deers, therefore, are really important? So let me just read this to you. A hind deer, a female deer, which is actually what the Hebrew in all of those passages is referencing, a female deer, the hind deer. The female deer can place her back feet and her front feet exactly on the same spot. Uh, so if they're climbing up something, their feet are so small and they're, they're able to control their feet that the back feet and the front feet can stand in exactly the same spot like without a gap. Uh, not one inch off. This this female deer is able to run with abandonment up sheer drops, like rock faces that seem to not have any footholds. The hind deer in the wilderness is able to run up those foot up up those um, 
uh, rock faces because her feet are so small and able to stand on s small ledges, like almost on the same spot, that they're able to run with abandonment up these sheer rock faces. She's able to run up to safer places. So in times of danger, the female deer is able to run securely and get off into a safe place really easily because of the way that they're able to walk. The female deer is able to scale uh, unusually difficult terrain and elude predators because of her feet. You could Google this. There's lots of videos out there. If you Google deers climbing Engedi or something like that, you'll find lots of videos of watching these deer climbing up rock faces where it looks like there's nothing to climb onto. And it's that kind of idea that David is, is speaking into, using here. And, and so is Habakkuk and so is Samuel. It's God who arms me with strength. He keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the height. God is able to make us, those that know him, scale dangerous heights because he gives us the ability to walk in places that don't always make sense. This is a spiritual picture. In other words, God is able to make you spiritually cling on to him. He is the rock through difficult terrain and difficult times. God is able to help you cling on, even though you don't realize you've got what it takes to cling on. If you want to catch your breath, then recognize this. God is giving you the ability to cling on to him and climb him in difficult situations and circumstances when you don't even realize it. If you want to catch your breath, catch it knowing that you can cling on to him when it looks like there's nothing else to cling on to. So our prayer should be this. God, give me feet for the path. Give me feet for the difficult terrain. Give me feet like the feet of a deer that seem to cling on to rock faces that look mental. Give me those kind of feet, Lord. You know, don't give me the clumpy boots. Don't give me the high heels. If the terrain is difficult, Lord, give me the right footwear for the terrain that I'm in. I think that's an amazing picture. I'm praying this at the moment. God, I have no idea what's going on. Each week changes. I feel like I'm flipping and flopping all over the place. Every decision changes uh, every five minutes. So God, give me the right feet to walk the terrain that's 2021. Give me the right feet, Lord, that I can hold on to you that is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer and my strength. Now, the final bit of this psalm I want to look at is Psalm 19. So um, we've just talked about finding a safe place with God, finding a hiding place, climbing up into the safe place that is God, the rock and our fortress. We've talked about having the right footwear. God, give me the right footwear for the terrain that I'm in. Now I want to talk about getting the city out of you. Getting the city out of you. Verse 19 of the psalm. So he brought me out to a spacious place. He brought me out to a spacious place. See, the Jewish people, they were desert people. They lived in the desert. And all the time, the Jewish people wanted to get out of the desert because they wanted to get into the city. They wanted to have a city because they thought the city was the safe place. So they were saying, God, get us out of the wilderness. But it seems throughout the scriptures that God is always inviting his people out of the civilization into the desert. God is always taking people out of Jerusalem into the wilderness. And it's in the wilderness 
the people encountered God. We're always saying, get us out of the wilderness, get us into the city. God, get, get us to the safe place. It, you know, get us where the other human beings are. God is going the opposite direction. So God seems to know something that we don't. God knows this. Busy life disconnects us from God, but will always connect us with stress. Busy life disconnects us from God and it connects us with stress. But God knows this. The spacious place, we are disconnected from the busy and the stressful life. But in the spacious place, we are reconnecting to God. It's in the spacious place that we reconnect. So we want to get out of the wilderness, but God wants us to be in the wilderness. Because in the wild place, the spacious place, we end up connecting with God. So what is the spacious place? For David, as he looked out from his cave, he would have seen the spacious place of the wilderness. And in the wild place, the wilderness, the wild place, David could see this spacious place was a place where he could connect with God. God's presence was so much closer for him. So I would say this, the spacious place is a thin place. It's a place where heaven and earth are close. God wants to lead us to a place that's thin, where heaven and earth are so close. So what is the spacious place for us? Do you know what, friends? The spacious place might be a walk in the woods. The spacious place may be a walk on a canal, maybe a walk on a river. It might be a walk in the woods. It might be a walk where we get our feet dirty. But a spacious place could also be church. When we gather in church, we invite God's presence. God's presence is able to expand the space around us and we can find peace. Church is a place of peace. It's a spacious place. It's a thin place. A spacious place, a thin place, is a place where we're able to breathe in God's presence. So some of us may have a spacious place in our home. There may be a place that just feels like a thin place. It may be an armchair or a window that we're able to find God's presence. Now, if you have kids, that's probably not likely. Uh, so it may be that you've got to get out of your home to find a spacious place. A spacious place might be that you're you're out for a walk on, uh, maybe that you're out for a walk on an evening. It's dark. Darkness allows us to disconnect with so much that, that is around us. So sometimes walking at night can be a spacious place when it's quiet. But a spacious place might be when your kid is walking seven metres in front of you and you can just breathe for a moment and you can say, Lord, I need you to, to be close to me. May this be a thin place. So thin places may be places, but also maybe times. Lord, I've only got a few moments to breathe right now. Would this be a thin place where I receive your presence? So sometimes it's a walk and sometimes it's a room. Now, sometimes a thin place may simply be a time when we shift our headspace. So rather than being in a, I cannot find a thin place, or I cannot find a spacious place, by shifting your headspace to, I will find, I choose to find, I look to find a thin place. That, that mental shift can be all that we need sometimes to find a thinner place with God's presence. So 
God is wanting to lead us to a spacious place, a thin place, a place where his presence is. Sometimes that's churches, sometimes that's a walk, sometimes that's a cycle, sometimes that's getting in bed and pulling the blanket over our heads. All of these places can be thin places if we if we choose to. Sacred places often were buildings, bricks and mortar, with a cross at the front that were just peaceful. We can find that same thin space anywhere we want. David found it in the wilderness. Where are you? going to find it. So if you're a city person, we need to learn the wilderness life, a place to climb up into the place that is the rock in our salvation, a fortress, a place where God's presence is. It means recognizing that our feet need to be the feet of a deer. God, give me the right feet for the place that I'm, I'm in right now. And God, would you lead me to a spacious place, a place where I can breathe, a place that I can encounter you. And I just want to end by asking you these three questions. So let me ask this for you. Who is your predator right now? What is your predator right now? Who is your predator right now? Where is your predator right now? Who are they? And can you name them and say, God, I need to climb into your safe place right now? The second question I want to ask you to reflect on is this. What condition are your spiritual feet? Have you got the right footwear for the terrain that you're in right now? How are your spiritual feet? Do you need to ask for the feet of a deer? And are you preparing for the day when the terrain gets tough? Or did you prepare for the day the terrain got tough? Some of us right now are reliant on the preparation, the spiritual preparation we put in three, four, five, six years ago. And now we are receiving gains from what we put in. Did you, had you put in the disciplines needed for the terrain that we're living in right now? And if not, what do you need to put in right now to be able to walk the terrain that we're in? And therefore, ask this question, where is your safe place? Where is your spacious place? Where is your thin place? Can you get in that place and say, God, I need you right now. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, and my stronghold. It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He brought me out into a spacious place. He brought me out into a spacious place. Father God, bring us out into a spacious place. Would we be led by your spirit into a spacious place? Would we find that thin space, especially in this season, Lord, would we find that thin, spacious place? Friends, I hope you found that helpful, interesting, inspiring and equipping. Awesome psalm. It's interesting knowing a little bit about the location and how that changes how we read it as well. But friends, until next time, grace. Grace and peace.